From True Africa, I'm Claude Winitsky, and this is Limitless. In this episode, we're talking about billion-dollar companies in Africa. Evaluation, again, you know, it, it, it doesn't really mean anything. Just provide those base-level resources, and we will take it away. Um, so the question is, do we really want to raise more African uniforms? Welcome to Limitless, the podcast that asks the questions that matter for Africa. We're looking for African solutions to African problems. In each episode, we're asking three guests one question that matters to Africans. And, no surprise, they don't always agree. The Limitless podcast is supported by the U.S. Department of State and the Scenefire Foundation. This episode, we're talking unicorns. No, we've not fallen into an alternate universe. Tech people use the word unicorn to describe startups with valuations of over a billion dollars. In 2020, there were over 500 unicorns worldwide, but only seven of these were African. So what are we doing wrong? Or what can we do more right? I asked an investor, an entrepreneur, and an educator. How can we raise more African unicorns? Our first guest is Tami Poe, a South African media entrepreneur and social impact educator. His media company produces a podcast called Unicorn, so he's the ideal person to talk to first. Our producer, Dimfo Lekher, spoke to him about how we can raise more unicorns. So as part of Engaged Media's podcast network, you produce a podcast called Unicorns. Uh, tell us the story behind that and how would you define a unicorn? I want to lean into the standard definition of, of unicorn. So a startup that is valued at a billion dollars and more. The question that unicorn is, is, is trying to answer is how do we create and where do we find Africa's next unicorn? So these are your Silicon Valley type startups that are literally ruling the world right now. This is your Airbnbs and your Ubers. And of course, startups that are no longer startups, but are in fact big companies like Leviathans right now, like Facebook and Google, right? Those are companies that were once at least valued to be $1 billion, and the thing is about that kind of valuation is, I mean, the valuation in and of itself is a big deal. It's a big deal for the entrepreneur. It's a big deal for the market and, you know, for people that are kind of looking at that space. But it's also a big deal insofar as the value that is being created by that specific startup. The day that a startup like Sweep South is, is valued at a billion dollars, you must know that thousands of domestic workers or sweep stars as, as they'd call them being hired on the platform and you know thousands of homes are being cleaned on a daily basis and there are thousands of happy clients right because evaluation again if we if we look at it from a vanity point of view uh, it's psychologically appeasing but you know it, it it doesn't really mean anything if you look at evaluation insofar as the value that is created in a real market for real people, that's when we're talking. And I think it's pretty much in line with, you know, the old saying of uh, African solutions to African problems. And entrepreneurs are very much the solutionists to African problems. 
that's an interesting point that beyond the valuation, it's really about the value that's being created in the market for people who interact with the product. How do we then go about creating more African unicorns? The best thing that we can do to create unicorns is to create startup ecosystems. That's the only way we can create unicorns. We need to create economic environments, microeconomic environments, where a startup can thrive, where it is not difficult for a startup to raise capital because there are enough invested who are interested in the startup question, whether it's angel investors, um, ordinary venture capitalists, large firms. Um, you know, if I look at companies like Founders Factory who are partnering with large firms like Standard Bank and uh, Netcare Group, etc., who are looking to find the next big startup opportunity. If we have an ecosystem where you have a meeting between founders and investors constantly being cultivated. And simultaneously, you have a regulatory environment that makes it easier for both the investor and the founder to collaborate, and especially for the entrepreneur to indeed start their startup in the first instance. Part of the reason why we, we don't have as many unicorns is because, I mean, starting a business is very hard in this country. And so we need to kind of subvert that altogether. We need to create a safe entrepreneurial space all around. We need incubation spaces as well. And again, not that we don't have these things. I think we just need a lot more curation and over-the-top design in order to create these ecosystems. Our second guest is Maya Horgan Famodu, a young American-Nigerian venture capitalist. Maya has a VC firm called Ingressive Capital. She's invested in some of the biggest startups in Africa. I asked her, so Maya, how can we raise more unicorns? I would say the foundations are so important to get right because as you see with the development of uh, technology on the continent, with the adoption of technology, with the adoption of cryptocurrency, and now in this revolution of NFT, when you drop opportunities to earn, make money, and when you drop innovations, Africans are happy to leapfrog and source new opportunities. And so I would say just get the foundations right, just provide those base level resources, and we will take it away. There's not nothing else. Nothing else is needed. So working on the infrastructural issues of access to broadband, low cost telecommunication services for end users. I'd say also making laptops and technical inputs affordable, as well as university educations at programs that actually produce higher ready talent. There's a, that's a very specific stipulation. I'd say just work on the inputs as well as sources of capital. So continue backing African technology companies as they're emerging, as they're scaling, ensuring that there's that access to later stage and growth capital. I'd say those are the foundations, that, that those are the pivotal resources needed. Does it actually matter if some of these African unicorns are not African owned? <laughs> I mean, it depends on who you're asking. Um, uh, to us and our firm, it's really important to ensure that there are indigenous equity owners so that wealth is being generated in the home country as well as wherever the founding teams team members are coming from. So if, if it's not being built by a local African, 
ensuring that they are employing or there are people who have stake in the business who are from that local country. And that's, of course, you know, through the focus on wealth generation and, and development of the society. But also, we believe that those who understand African problems the best are people who were raised in those societies themselves. And then on this topic, I wanted to ask you one final question, and it's related to a conversation you and I had a few months ago. And it's around your investors, what we call LPs, limited partners, in your own uh, venture capital firm, Ingressive. Turns out that a lot of your investors are American. Is that true? Well, I would say that the, the, in Fund One, the majority of capital came from the continent, but then the, the greatest number of investors came from the Western world. Uh, we have actually have investors from Europe, from Asia, from Africa, from the United States and North America generally. So um, initially, our first clients who took the chance on tech when we started this in 2014, 2015, were mainly Silicon Valley investors who had more exposure to disruptive ideas and crazy, you know, global crazy kooky ideas and had seen what was happening and what had happened in India and China and their, you know, emerging market technology ecosystems at large. And so that making the case for African tech made more sense and was closer to home. But now I would say, especially with the exits, the recent liquidity events and people making money on ground, um, that has really democratized a lot of local capital and in increase the sort of understanding of technology for local investors who've historically only had exposure to two traditional industries. Our third guest is Rebecca Inonchong, a Cameroonian entrepreneur who has set up technology businesses in the US, UK, and Canada, as well as many African countries. Here's the conversation. You know, there's been a lot of hype around some of these unicorns, which are billion-dollar companies that were startups, early-stage ventures that scaled really quickly. From your perspective, how can we raise more African unicorns? So the question is, do we really want to raise more African unicorns? You know, I think we will eventually always have um, uh, African unicorns if we have African, you know, some people call them gazelles or zebras or, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot, a large number at scale of um, startups that are, are well-funded and that are successful, that are valued at, you know, 10 to $50 million, um, creating jobs, creating wealth on the continent, um, and that are supported by the local ecosystem and funded by the local ecosystem. I think, you know, when we start seeing a lot more scale at that lit level, then, the, the, you know, naturally down the line, we will see um, some of those turn into unicorns. Um, but I, if we only focus on the unicorns and don't focus on the scale of, um, you know, trying to get as many successful startups as we can that are, that are you know, still very large and very at, at, at art at the African level. Um, but yeah, I think the priority really needs to be on uh, building, you know, a lot more um, startups that, that may not ever even reach unicorn stage, but that will create lots and lots of jobs and lots of wealth. You know, one thing that I find really interesting with Cameroon is it's one of those countries where francophone operations are often lagging behind anglophone operations in in many different industries if we're going to be really objective about this 
Why do you think the francophone startup scene is so far behind the anglophone one? So yeah, I'm so, I'm so glad you brought up that that um, in Cameroon the fact that we do have the dual system, um, but the business legal system is the OHADA system, which is you know common across 16 African countries, almost 17 now I think. Um, uh, mostly francophone, all francophone except for one, um, and so it's it's. I think that that there's a business culture that in these francophone countries where the what they call l'administration, the administration, the the um, l'administrateur, you know, this this position of of a bureaucrat, uh, basically. Yeah, it, it is a bureaucrat, and they actually stamp and sign the bureaucrat. You know, I just like the thing; it just makes me laugh every time I see it. But there's this um, attachment to bureaucracy and red tape. So, how long have you been on the African tech scene? Oh my goodness! So, um, twenty-two years ago. I started an organization called the Africa Technology Forum with some other um, African diaspora entrepreneurs, um, you know, all in the Washington, D.C. area to support technology entrepreneurship on the continent. So 22 years. <laughs> well, that's a long time. And do you feel that in those two decades, things have changed? Oh, my goodness. Do you know that I don't know that I, I dreamt far enough? I'm like, I get so excited to be living this moment and because I know how far we've come and how fast we've come. And I know how important um, digital innovation and um, digital entrepreneurship has been to the development of the continent. We're not looking for simple answers on this podcast. We believe Africa's potential is limitless and so are the solutions to challenges we face. Our contributors all had a slightly different perspective. Tommy focused on the importance of startup hubs and ecosystems. Maya talked about the importance of money, particularly funding from African investors. Rebecca, a tried and tested entrepreneur, she thinks we should forget unicorns and focus on healthy businesses which serve their local communities. Africa has come a long way in the last few years in terms of mindsets and opportunity. And that transformation is only going to speed up. Thanks for listening. To find out more, visit www.trueafrica.co slash limitless or follow True Africa on Facebook and Twitter. Join in the conversation using the hashtag LimitlessAfrica. You've been listening to Limitless. I'm Claude Granitsky. The Limitless Podcast is a production of True Africa. This podcast is made possible with a grant from the U.S. Department of State and the Seamfire Foundation.